Hey y'all, welcome to Beautifully Healthy. I am Allison Key, MD, and I'm joined, of course, today by Erica Smith, Hello. PA. And we're excited to have our friend, our new friend, Amanda Tarpley on with us today. Yes, hello. So uh, Gabby Lyles is our marketing manager, and she's like, you gotta have her on. And I was like, okay. So you're a pastor, you work with the Department of Education, you have a blog and a podcast called Diapers to Dates, which is very intriguing yes, to me. Yes, that was my husband's unique name. So I it's like just kinda, that. Mm-hmm, took I off. Like that. I like it. Well, I think there are probably a lot of us who can relate to the idea of diapers to dates, or we're all in diapers, we need dates, <laughs> whatever. So, tell us a little bit about you and and what you do and. All the things. Sure. So I do feel like I wear a good many hats. Um, but first and foremost, I am married to an awesome uh, man for 15 years. We just celebrated our 15-year anniversary. Oh, congratulations. We have three wonderful children. They are um, 13, 7, and almost 15. So we're going to have a driver in the house. Oh, a little bit nervous about that one. <laughs> yeah. um, but it's two girls and a boy. And then I work for the Department of Early, Early Care and Learning. I've been with them since 2017 with the CAPS program. That's Children and Parent Services. And what we do is we help low-income families afford child care. Awesome. Um, which is really an awesome thing because it's even families that, you know, if they're not working, they might be going to school. But they have kids and they need right, child yeah. care. And it's expensive. So I'm a manager for the Southwest program or Southwest region for that program. And then, of course... Um, we have our church, Verve Church, um, birthed it in two, 2017, so we are just going strong. I'm the worship leader there as well, and then I try to help my husband in every facet that I can. So that's just a little bit about me. No in, in small feet being the pastor's <laughs> wife there. No, not at all. I've always said it. if there's one job harder than being the pastor, it's being the pastor's wife. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's definitely harder. <laughs> I believe it. I believe it. All right, I have a question. Where does the verve come from? So when we knew that this is what we were supposed to do, um, my husband just began. It's really kind of modern day church, you know, name. Um, he just began to look on Google for different, different church names, you know, not just your traditional names. And so sure. Verve came across and he was like, wow, well, that's intriguing. Let me see what the meaning of that is. And it actually f- means filled with spirit and enthusiasm. Mm-hmm. And we knew that's what God wanted us to do is to be the tangible hands and feet of his presence in the community and just fill it with spirit and enthusiasm of his presence. And so that one kind of stuck. Um, and it, it definitely makes us stand out. To yeah, say it's a good like catchy name for sure. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Where are you located currently? Well, we are currently out of Temple. We birthed in Temple. We were in Providence Elementary School. Of course, when COVID happened, we were homeless and had to hunt a new location. But we do have land in Temple, and we're waiting to build. Um, Of course, you know, all the fun fundraising things yeah. that you have to do yeah. for that but we are so close and we own the land across the street from the rec department in temple our big vision is to um, build a community center there awesome. uh, because temple really you know they they just want our heart and that's where we actually started our youth ministry what 12 years ago um, and God just said go back home and that's what we're doing and we're just trying to help you know in every way that we can just for his light to be shown there. But uh, currently, since COVID, we have had to move to Villarica. 
and we are at the venue, which is right beside Olive Tree. Yeah, um, we've been there since August when we were able to come back to in-person services, and um, I mean, we are just going strong. Good. The location did not seem to really, you know, hurt anything. It's just about ten to fifteen minutes down the road, but yeah. we are eager to get back in Temple. Well, good, <laughs> good. Twenty twenty one is going to bring good things for you guys. Absolutely, that's what we're believing. Awesome. Yeah. So tell us a little bit about diapers to dates. Give us all your wisdom. Okay. <laughs> so diapers to dates actually started when we had our children. Um, that was kind of the brink of all the social media when social media was becoming really popular. Facebook was extremely popular. They were just starting to come out with Instagram about that time. I mean, because you got to think we have a 15-year-old. Sure, yeah. So, yeah. you know, these things have been birthed there in their whole life, the social media platforms. (laughs) So, you know, the hashtags were becoming a thing. So my husband was like, you know, I kind of want to be able to house all of our kids' pictures in one hashtag. So you can just click on that hashtag and see everything about our family. See, he's smart. It's only, I've only figured that out (laughs) recently. (laughs) Like in the past year. Yeah. Yeah. So, so literally you can go on there and click the hashtag and see everything from when our kids were little, but the, the name of it actually came from we're raising them from the time that they are wearing diapers until they, um, you know, go on dates and they're going to be in our home for that long. And then, then they're on their own, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but we've been able to house our, our, you know, lives together on that hashtag too, just to kind of encompass everything about our family, not just our kids, but us dating the importance, you know, of having, um, healthy marriage outside of parenting because it is, you know, super important, but diapers to date started that way. It kind of took off. So we decided to make a, um, a blog out of it. I kind of enjoyed writing. So did my husband. So we started doing that, but, um, realized that it didn't capture quite the audience that we really wanted it to. So because blogs were kind of going, kind of going out and vlogs were coming in. Mm -hmm, So we mm -hmm. started doing vlogs. (laughs) And so we would post it to YouTube and that really took off. Our kids kind of enjoyed it because they would take videos of us going on trips and then they would edit. My middle daughter would edit the videos and put them on YouTube. Well, then um, we started doing it in a podcast because now, you know, that's the big thing. People want something they can listen to going down the road, just like this. So we started putting in a podcast and, and really right now, this season of our life, we're just really trying to help new parents or seasoned parents with, you know, whatever season they might be in, because, you know, we just want, we never want to forget where we came from. So we want to have podcasts that um, talk about when our kids were little and how we dealt with different situations and family and, you know, different, different things that happened at that time until now when they're teenagers and they really are about to start dating. We just want to be able to share those stories with, with other parents. (laughs) I say this every single day, every single day. I say this like to my patients or whatever when they ask about my kids. Mine are nine and seven, and if I could freeze time right oh, now, yeah. I would 100% freeze time right now. Yeah. When they were little, I felt like I was in prison. <laughs> and if I could avoid them becoming teenagers, not that there's not something wonderful about teenagers, but just right now they are they are sweet and they're fun and they're somewhat independent, but not too independent, and they love me and they think I'm awesome and they still mm-hmm. want to snuggle and, mm-hmm. you know, like, oh. 
it's just such a great time right now. Yeah. I'm yeah. still on the terror stage, so. <laughs> <laughs> Mine are yes, four and two. You are. Oh, yes, you are. Yes, Both boys and they are just, they're very testy. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Until Luke, till my youngest was about four, I really felt like I was in prison. <laughs> <laughs> But he's a handful. So, mm -hmm. you know, he mooned our congregation at church one Sunday. Oh, wow. The, the, <laughs> our preacher said I levitated over the pew to get to him. But, you know, fun, fun times. times. Fun times. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks You'll for never good laughs. No, I'll never, <laughs> never forget it. And those oh. are the kind of things you just embrace and, you know. Uh, Roll with it. <laughs> yeah. Wait till he has kids. Oh, I can't wait. <laughs> I can't wait. Mm-hmm. What has been one of the greatest parenting challenges you think you've faced? I think the, the greatest challenge for us has been middle school, the Ooh. middle school years. Yes. Um, our oldest, like I said, she's almost 15. And when she started middle school, we had just moved back to the area because we had we planted the church that, that same year. Um, and so we understood that she had a lot going on, trying to make new friends, and she was trying to do gymnastics too, and it was competitive gymnastics. So when she wasn't at school, she was at gymnastics, and so we knew that she just had a lot going on. So we try to take those things into consideration, you know, but um, it was just a really challenging first year for her in middle school. We found things on her phone that, you know, no parent wants to find that exactly. they've been looking at. Well, I want to freeze them <laughs> at nine and seven. And it's like, no, sixth grade is way too early for this, but it's not. It's not. It's not. It's no. not. Mm -mm. And having those conversations and talks with them uh, by fourth grade, I have learned is it's almost too late. Yeah. So, you know, we found those kinds of things on her phone, and it wasn't the end of the world. It wasn't anything horrible, but it was... You just weren't prepared I for it concerned. as a parent. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. It concerned me. And then um, the types of friends that she did find that year were not the best influential. You know, they were not the best influences for her. So we had to have that talk with her. We, we shed a lot of tears that year <laughs> because, I, you know, just wanted to have those conversations with her as I, you know, as they came. I didn't want to sweep anything under the rug. Um, so we cried a lot and um, just tried to be understanding of she, it's not the same world that she's in that we were in in sixth yeah, grade. Right, yeah. And so here we are again. My other daughter is in seventh grade now, and sixth grade was just as bad for her. As a matter of fact, um, she don't even have a phone anymore. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> so, you know, um, it's going to happen. It's bound to happen. Oh, yeah. We uh, live in, you know, 2020, 2021. It, it, every teenager just about has a phone, and you can't really take we're about to give her another phone. Um, we actually broke her other one, like so that it, it was already on its brink. So we were just like, "Yeah, let's just let's just give this a little bit more tug," yeah. and um, we laugh about it. We do. It wasn't anything that she didn't have cellular data. It wasn't anything like that. So we we did. We ended up just kind of giving it a little more tugs. So it would break. So that way we couldn't give it back to her. <laughs> you know, just one of those hard parenting mm -hmm. moments. And, yeah. Uh, but we are about to get her added back onto our phone plan, and she will have our old phone and but we're just so my husband has this app that it's called um our pact and you pay like 4.99 a month for it 
really cheap, but you can control what they do on their phone. Hmm. And so that's been a really neat thing for us. So what, what he does is he goes into his phone and he um, turns off their apps after a certain time of day. So we know that they, they're doing their homework, they're doing their chores, and, and also he can go in there and see what they've been looking doing. at. Hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. I'm going to need so, to contact you in a couple years. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to yeah. need all the info on all these apps. Yeah. <laughs> so, and I, you know, it's just been, the, that was probably the greatest challenge that we have faced so far. Um, and I know that we're not out of the woods yet because we do still have another one coming up to middle school and that one is a boy. <laughs> so it's probably going to be a whole different challenge, but we're prepared. We're ready for it. The thing that we have learned is just to not, um, think that anything is too, you know, not concerned. Just if, if you sense that something is wrong, just go ahead and talk to them about it. Don't yeah. brush anything under the rug. Don't be scared to talk to them. Right. And at first we kind of were, you know, cause we had never been there before and it's hard to know what to do when you've never been there. Uh, but that's the biggest thing that we have learned. Just keep open conversations. Yes. Be very transparent. I was like saying amen when I was listening to your podcast because you were talking about this very thing and uh, one of your podcasts and you were talking about not overreacting. Yeah. And that I think is so critical. <laughs> yes. <laughs> because ki- you're right. Kids, I mean, even it is a totally different world they're growing up in yeah. than we grew up in. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure our parents felt the same way, but I feel like the technology is dramatically different. Definitely. Now. Um, and so the amount of things that they have access to. Yes. And, and don't, don't be naive, Mm -hmm. you know, and don't do your child a disservice by keeping your eyes closed. Mm -hmm. You know, I I feel like I have a little bit of an advantage as a physician because, you know, to some extent you think you've seen and heard it all, you know, and, and so I'm not shocked. I mean, it's still like kind of hurts your heart when you hear about a 12 year old pregnant, but it happens Mm -hmm. and you know, it happens. And so, don't be naive and think that your child in the fourth grade doesn't know anything about sex mm-hmm. and don't do yourself and your child a disservice by being afraid to talk to them about it yes. or afraid to open the door or afraid to, mm-hmm. to, to be realistic. Like I know, you know, we want to keep them little. Like my daughter is soon to be 10 mm-hmm. and she asked for an American girl doll for Christmas. And I debated about this cause I'm like, she's almost 10, you know, like one of her friends is selling her American girl, girl doll things. Yeah. On the other side, by golly, I want to keep her little mm-hmm, for right. as long as I can and let her be a little girl for as long as she can. But I'm not trying to fool myself either. Yeah. Yeah. I, I know that she probably knows more than we've talked about, but I try to keep the door open. You know, if right. she wants to talk about it. I'm working on my poker face. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Yeah. Let's talk about that. Yes. So, yes. But you don't want them to learn about this stuff. You don't want them to go to school and ask their friend what. Right. A, you B, don't want C, Johnny yes. explaining what everything is. Yeah. Exactly you want to hear right. it from your parents That's or right. a trusted adult. Mm-hmm. Yep. Yep. So true because they're not going to hear it the same as Mm-mm. you would explain it. No. And just opening the door to that conversation gives them the safety of coming back to you, you know, for other things. Yes. So just always, you know, being open is just so important. Don't, don't shut any, anything like that down. Because they'll come to you when they're ready, but then sometimes, you know, you have to look for those early warning signs that mm, it's time for me to go to them. I feel like there has been a, um, I guess one of the things that I'm afraid of, not afraid of, well, maybe afraid of, <laughs> I think one of the things that worries me about them 
getting into their teenage years that I think is going to be a challenge for all parents is the normalization of sex. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you, you know that they're going to have access to it. It's everywhere you look. Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't avoid it. They're not going to avoid it. They're going to see it. They're going to be exposed to it. They're going to know about it. They're going to hear about it. It's in music. It's in everything. And I guess it always has been to some extent in music, whatever, when you think back on the things we listen to yeah, as yeah. teenagers. But, you know, just instilling in them the values and the self-respect and the self-worth, mm-hmm. you know, with social media, the pressures that girls have to look a certain way, act a certain way, dress a certain way. How do you how do you make sure that your daughter knows her worth and will respect her body? But I also think that has also breeded a different type of little girl too is they see that and they don't want to be that they would rather be the opposite of that i hope so (laughs) (laughs) i have i've heard that from a few of my patients like i don't want to be that girl on instagram or tiktok with my upper half hanging out and my lower Mm -hmm. half hanging out Mm -hmm. and have more respect for myself than to do that yeah yeah how so you have a experience as a a youth pastor as well Mm -hmm. youth leader would you say that your approach to teenagers has changed since you have teenagers of your own? Yes, yes, very much so. Um, because, you know, when we were youth pastors, my kids were little. And the only thing that I could relate to was my teen years, which my teen years were so different from the average teenager because um, I just, I have, you know, a testimony there. I didn't, um, my, mo- my mother passed away. I didn't uh, live with my dad very long. I had to move in with my grandparents. And I just didn't have what I would call the normal teenage life. So it was very hard for me to relate to teenagers. Um, and so some of the things I didn't really understand, and I just kind of, you know, kept quiet and let the other youth women leaders, you know, kind of handle some things because I didn't feel like I could relate. But having my kids now and, um, you know, just seeing their friends and the, the things that some of their friends have been involved in, really my older daughter, um, and, you, and you said it that, you know, she, some of your patients don't want to be like that right. person. My daughter has said that herself. That she doesn't want to be like one of her friends that has done this and that, you know, does these things that she knows better. So I think that having children now, I can totally relate to teenagers. And so on the flip side, I'm not a youth leader anymore, but I'm a worship leader. And over half of my band is teenagers. Awesome. Awesome. (laughs) And so, you know, when uh, I have expectations for them, but then they come back with, well, I have to work or I have this going on in this or you know, this is what I'm dealing with. My approach is so different now with them because I have my own kids that are dealing with those same things. Right. Yeah. And so I know how, I just feel like I can talk to them a little bit better, you know, through their uh, things, that their challenges that they're dealing with. So I feel like um, one of the major hurdles <laughs> for our for young people today is they are thrown into very adult situations yeah. Yeah. much sooner. Than, than we were. As teenagers, we all were in situations that were questionable. questionable. <laughs> <laughs> um, and that's part of the learning process. I just think it starts so much earlier and they are just flooded with it so much more, you know. Mm-hmm. I don't think they have the brain capacity to even understand yeah, they what is getting thrown in psychologically yeah. prepared for some yeah. of this stuff. Yep. Um, and so when the adults around them are kind of closed off and not 
not open to like just talking about it. Yeah. You know, I think we underestimate, we think that you can't tell teenagers anything and they don't listen to anything and they don't listen to anybody, but they do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, mm-hmm. they do. Kids listen and teenagers listen. And, and when you're just, when they feel like you are being real and authentic with them and you're not freaking out because they told you that their best friend had sex and might be pregnant and whatever, when you can have a rational conversation yeah. with them about it, they listen more than you think they do. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yes. And that's going to build some trust in that relationship with them. And they're going to want to come back to you, you know, and about whatever happens next that they need advice on or, you know, anything like that. As a matter of fact, we were talking just a minute about the, they don't understand, you know, the life and with like politics and all that, they want to try and understand it. And my daughter's going through this. She wants to know what she's talking about. And so I just had to be real with her and said, listen, you know, I'm 35, you're, you're 14. And I said, I'm naturally going to know more than you, (laughs) (laughs) just like my parents and your dad's parents, they know more than us and their parents, they know more than them. And I said, so if you want to be a part of the conversation, we would love for you to be part of the conversation, but we just need you to watch your tone, you know, when you tell, when you want to say something, because she says it like she knows it all. (laughs) (laughs) And so I was able, because of that trust that I've built with her over, you know, the past 15 years, I was able to tell her like that. And she was like, oh, okay. So I just need to watch my tone. And, and so a couple of days went by and we were engaged in another family conversation about, I don't remember what it was about. It was about politics or something. And so she said something, but she said it in a totally different tone to where it didn't make us like fired up. You know, yeah. we were just able to have a conversation. conversation. I say that to Ryan all the time. I'm like, <laughs> you may be absolutely right, but your delivery is completely off. And I didn't hear anything you said. Right. Yeah. <laughs> like you, it's the delivery. Well, and she probably learned from that second experience too, because with a different tone, it led to a different conversation, conversation. Yep. yes yeah so. and we were listening yeah we were still actually yeah. listening. we can learn stuff from from kids too you know we get kind of jaded and closed-minded and whatever with the world you know sometimes that bright-eyed naive <laughs> innocent belief is you know a good reminder you know mm-hmm. it's good to listen to a different perspective sometimes so. yeah yeah absolutely it's, it's just good to, and i think you know we're talking about this you're talking about not being in a youth ministry anymore but having kids everybody's around teenagers you know Mm -hmm. like and if if they don't have a relationship with their parents and they can talk it's it's good to be just a a good bystander somebody they can trust you know i think we we recognize that in healthcare. you Mm -hmm. know that sometimes i may be the one they lay this bomb on and it's Mm -hmm. like oh okay well let's figure out what we're going to do about this yeah but any if you're around if you're around a teenager if you are related to a teenager if your friends have teenagers whatever it may be like You can be that adult that Mm -hmm. they can trust if you can be open to it. Right. Right. And it doesn't matter if you're 65 or 75 or 35, you know. Yep. 
Yeah. Just being open to hear them and listen to them and mm-hmm. not freak out. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right. And not try to relate it back to, well, when I was 14. Mm-hmm. Right. Because mm-hmm. that don't apply anymore. You Unless know? you're saying when I was 14, I didn't have to deal with anything this as hard as you guys are having to deal right. with. Right. You know, that's really the only I mean, I couldn't imagine my entire life being documented on a video. I couldn't. Oh, like, oh, I, I don't want to do it as an adult, but I could not imagine going through those awkward phases in general, trying to figure out who you are and it all being on video. Thank God. Yeah. Like, I'm, I couldn't. What? wasn't because <laughs> no. here's the thing everybody screws up yeah right. everybody screws that's up that's what we say at our church that you don't have to be perfect to have a purpose nobody is perfect no. and nobody is going to be everybody has made mistakes and we're gonna make more yeah but we have to learn from them yeah. you know so and maybe not post them on instagram yeah <laughs> <laughs> Yes. I know. I know. It's a crazy world we're living in. So where can people follow you and and learn more about your diapers to dates? Yeah. So on the podcast app, you can just look up diapers to dates Um, anywhere. You can look up the hashtag, of course, you know, if you want to learn a little bit more about our family on YouTube, it's just called diapers to dates. Um, You'll see a lot of our kids. With the number two. Yeah. I learned that this morning when I was that's Looking right. you up. Diapers number two dates. Yeah. Um, don't really have our blog anymore, but definitely on YouTube and the podcast app. Um, there we are. We try awesome. to post at least, you know, one podcast a month. That's what we've been trying to do with just different topics. So, sure. Yeah. For parenting and dating. Cause that's I was going to say, what advice do you have for couples who are over here in the trench? <laughs> and I think, I, I think, you know, I'm very... I count myself very fortunate, very blessed. And I know you do too, Erica. Like my husband is just as dedicated to our children as I am. You know, it's not like a one-sided parenting kind of Mm -hmm. thing. Like sure. I'm a mama bear, but he's just as involved in their, their raising and their parenting. Mm -hmm. And so we are, we love each other. We're equally neglectful of our dating life. Yeah. <laughs> I guess it's what I'm, I'm getting mode. at. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. We're the same yeah. way. And, you know, when you're raising kids, young kids especially, you have to understand that it, you may not get a date out of the house, you know, because that requires a lot. you got to get a babysitter. got to have money to do it, you know, time. So it doesn't always have to be a date, per se, out of the house. When you put the kids to bed... Go watch a movie together. Just the the key is just to be consistent with, you know, what night, even if you have to plan it out for what night we are going to watch this movie together or have a candlelight dinner in our bedroom, you know, when the kids go to bed. Little things like that can really, you know, cause sparks in a marriage again if you need some sparks. And there is an awesome Facebook page that my husband and I follow. It's called Awesome Marriage, and it's just a, a page on Facebook, and they're all the time posting just excellent resources like here's some date ideas here's some ways to add you know spark back into your marriage just a bunch of different different things so we are a part of that because you know after 15 years sometimes you just need something a little bit different especially when we're you know we're kind of feel like we're on our way to being empty nesters. We're just kind of in this loo. Like, we don't have to get a babysitter anymore, so we can go out if we wanted to. I think you're always in different seasons of life, and you just have to figure out what works for you. Um, So... Even if you just go get coffee and, you know, if you have a child, an older child that can keep the kids at home, that's one of our biggest things. That's probably the season of life that we're in right now. We'll just go grab some coffee and, 
you know, maybe, maybe go in a coffee shop somewhere, maybe just ride down the road. But we, it is very important that we have that time to talk to one another and not on our phones, Mm -hmm. not scrolling on our phones, but actually having a conversation, not about church, not about work, but about each other. And one of the things that we have done uh, this year actually was we started, um, what do we want to see in our marriage? What's our two-year, five-year, 10-year goal? And we wrote it on a board because we were part of a marriage small group. And that was one of the things that they recommended that we do. So we did. We wrote it down on our board. And those are the things that we are working towards. That's awesome. So you just got to find what works for you. But when you find it, just make it consistent. Such great advice. (laughs) And I love the just date at home if you have to. Mm -hmm. That's been us. Like our... Friday night on the back porch when the kids go to bed. Yep. Yep. Awesome. And those mm-hmm. are some of the best times. Oh, yeah. So, and most memorable. And no money. Right. Not to spend money to do that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I it. think that's one thing quarantine kind of made us realize is yeah. you don't, I'm always been the one. Let's go to dinner. Let's go out. Let's go do this. Always go, go, go. And I think that has kind of slowed me down enough that it's okay to be at home. Like, yeah, we're yes. okay. Yeah. 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 Sometimes we have to put aside that FOMO yeah. and yeah. <laughs> yes. Always. Like I'm always the one like, okay, where are we going next? Like yeah. what's tomorrow? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's okay to be at home. Yeah. I've enjoyed some time being at home the past year. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Thank you so much for yes, coming. Thank on. you. Thank y'all. We're I've excited to start following you and, um, and encourage everybody to follow you. Could, we could all use some help with parenting and yes. dating, dating. husbands. Yes. yes. <laughs> awesome. Absolutely. Well, thank y'all. Thank you. Much. All right. Well, until next time y'all. Oh, and I guess if you're looking for a home church, Verve yes. Church, you're on yes. Facebook, all Facebook, the good stuff. Instagram, myverve.church is our website. Look us up. We've got some big, big things happening in Temple, Georgia. Awesome. Good. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. All right. Till next time y'all stay healthy. Bye. Bye.